The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. John writes, So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I may not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. And Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Well, grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, dear saints, in times of trial, we must remember that there is abundant and sufficient grace and peace available from our eternal Father and from his Son and from the Holy Spirit. This pierced one who is the eternal beginning and the end has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us the church his everlasting kingdom forever, Christ the King. So what kind of king is our Jesus, our Christ? What authority does he and others say that he has? And that really is the question of our text today. And John tells us that the Roman governor Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Now the integrity of the Jewish leaders had more holes than a patio screen door. Even though they hated the Roman government with a passion, all of a sudden they call on Pilate and see him as, well, an ally to do their dirty work, to take Jesus out of the picture because he didn't fit into their mold of what a ruler should look like on this earth. And to do this, they say that Jesus claims to be a king. To stir up in Pilate's mind a picture of a troublemaker, the head of a Jewish rebellion, claiming political power over the authority of the Roman government. We have also heard the enemies of Jesus accusing him in Luke's gospel 
We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is the Messiah. He is the king. Luke 23. So Pilate is compelled to find out the truth about this Jesus as he stands there before him on trial. Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate hopes to get a simple yes or no response so that he can be in control of this line of questioning. But Jesus won't play his game. He responds, did you come up with that on your own or have people been talking to you? Asking the question, answering the question with a question. And Pilate, he replies, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. In other words, I haven't done anything. Jesus was rejecting any worldly, political, or rebellious intent. If Jesus had been establishing a political kingdom, he would have encouraged his disciples to fight to establish it. But he didn't. What is it that you have done? Pilate asked Jesus. And Jesus, well, he's done nothing wrong. If he had, surely Pilate would have known about it. Yet at the same time, This is what our Jesus has done. He has welcomed children and encouraged them. He has blessed his people. He has helped people so that they could see, perhaps even for the first time, and especially helped them to see spiritually that he is the Savior of the world, the Messiah. He has taught the people God's truth so that those who are lost And condemned may have the hope of sins forgiven in life with God forevermore. Nothing is impossible for him. As he even conquers death by raising a dead girl and Lazarus back to life. Bringing amazement and joy where once there was only weeping and tears. He miraculously feeds the 5,000 to show that. He can satisfy the deepest hunger of the human race to belong and to be loved and to find fullness of life. He showed mercy to whoever begged him for it. Jesus showed compassion on those who no one else would go near, giving them a new start in life, hope, new hope. Then Jesus himself, would know what it meant to be in need of compassion. One who no one else would go near, not even his father, as he hung, crucified on the bloody cross. This king was born to be rejected and for a time to suffer and die alone for you. This is the kind of king that we have. Gracious, merciful, loving, 
bringing the truth of God's word to the world, God's truth that condemns us as sinners, and God's truth that says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Not the kind of king that we would expect doing the things that we wouldn't expect an earthly king to do. And that, that is precisely how we know that the kingdom of Jesus is not of this world. An earthly ruler gathers taxes. The heavenly ruler lavishes his riches on the world by giving himself for you. An earthly king fills his coffers with the coins of the people, but the heavenly ruler sends his son that people might have treasures in heaven and joy forevermore. Now, dear saints, this is an unusual text to have here at this time of year in this season, one about Jesus standing there before Pilate on trial just before his crucifixion. That's really a, a Lenten or a Easter season text. So why do we have it here? Why do we have it now? Just before we turn the corner into the new church season that begins next week with Advent, we find ourselves here at the last Sunday of the church year, at the end of the year where it has become traditionally a time to emphasize the themes of the return of Christ, of his resurrection, of the judgment and eternal life forevermore. So as we approach Advent and count down the days of the birth of our Savior, today's text, well, it focuses on the promise that this Savior, born in a stable in Bethlehem, is our most worthy judge eternal. He has the authority to judge and to save. He is the King. He is Christ, the King. And perhaps to the world, our Jesus doesn't seem like much of a ruler after atrocities and terrorism cover our news feeds. But the Lord is king and his will will be done. Just as he asks us to pray, his kingdom will not be overthrown by the followers of a popular leader like the kingdoms of this world. His kingdom will not be divided against itself in a political power struggle like the kingdoms of this world. His kingdom will not be riddled with injustice like the kingdoms of this world. His kingdom will not be out of touch with the subjects that he serves like the kingdoms of this world because his kingdom is not of this world and does not work like the kingdoms of this world do. So what is this world that we temporarily live in, a world where moral and ethical laws seem to be forgotten or non-existent. What leads people to live unlawfully to the extreme ways that can even lead people to murder others in cold blood. 
A world of hard hearts that don't want to show compassion nor empathy to others because they are self-focused and self-consumed. Hearts that are entirely lacking of love and the end result to the extremes of life taking hatred, even with one brother attacking another like Cain killing his brother Abel in the field. Do you recall what our God, the Lord, said to Cain in the book of Genesis? What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. What have you done? That's what Pilate's question to Jesus, who himself became a victim of terror, unjustly tried and brutally killed was. Now his blood, it cries out from the ground. It cries out from the ground for all people. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus, he stood there in front of Pilate in the praetorium for the whole world. For the Cains in this world who demonstrate hatred. For those so twisted and desperate for a cause that they join terrorist cells to do as much damage as they can. For a world in which forgiveness is not the norm, but revenge and bitterness is. For a world in which people only care about themselves in their natural state who might only help others, well, if there's something in it for them. Who is my brother's keeper? Jesus, he stood there in front of Pilate at the praetorium, the king of a kingdom, not of this world. And then he went to the cross for the whole world and for you. Your brother's blood is crying out from the ground at the foot of that cross. Forgive them, Father. For they know not what they do. Yes, God really is a gracious and compassionate God. And he's waiting for even the most hardened of people to have an opportunity to hear the gospel. The proclaimed words of Christ and repent of their vile deeds and ways. Who of us would be so patient and so gracious. Thankfully, our God is. He really meant it when he says that his son is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His blood has paid the price for us to belong in his kingdom. His kingdom in which we pray would come to us. So how does this kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit through His Word and through His sacraments so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in this time, in this world, and in heaven for all of eternity. Jesus is our King who rules in our hearts by His grace so that we listen to Jesus' Word and we belong to that truth. So is Jesus the king of your world? 
Are our lives consistent with his truth, with his ways? Is his church actually speaking to the culture around us or just mimicking it? What would happen if we actually heard Jesus's voice and then listened to it? As it recreates us from the inside out so that we not only listen to the truth, but we testify to it. Not merely in words, but through the ways that we live as well. Reaching out to those who have eyes, but are spiritually blind. Feeding those who have stomachs hungry for food and those who have hearts hungry just for at least one person to love them to be kind to them, to be their neighbor, to be their brother. Giving the gospel of hope, new hope, to those who recognize that they are beggars for grace, just like us. Showing empathy and compassion on those who no one else will go near. Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to that truth. Everyone on this side of the truth knows my name and listens to me. Dear saints, this day, the last day of the church year, is a time to celebrate the kingship of our Christ. A king like no other king. He gave his life for the sake of God's people. And through his sacrificial death, he put an end to sin, death, and the devil forever. For all who believe, for you and for me. There will be no question about his return. As the scriptures tell us that all will know when he comes on the clouds in power and in majesty to gather his elect, you, the chosen ones. So stay awake. As we wait, we continue to serve our king by serving our neighbors, always remaining steadfast in love, Christ-centered, congregationally focused for Christ, your king, Christ, the king. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into this world that is self-destructing. Reign in our hearts so that we hear your word and we obey it. For through baptism, you have gathered us to be among those on this side of the truth who listen to you on earth as it is in heaven. May this give us peace, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. May it guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ, our King, O come, Lord Jesus, Godspeed. Amen.